All right. Thank you. Welcome back. So this is the second half of the roadmap to childhood. So we, we sort of did um, two to kind of 11, 12. I'm going to continue on because the middle school years are really tricky. So I'm going to address that today and move right on into adolescence to try and help you see ahead of, ahead of time what some of the things are that you're likely to see. And if you're seeing these things with your kids right now, how to put them into some kind of perspective. So let's jump in and continue the roadmap to childhood. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Another big spike you'll see at 12 and you can, you know why, right? Adolescence is coming. Hormones are kicking in. Uh, huge growth spurts for girls. It's a little bit later for boys. Um, there's a lot happening in the brain. There's a lot happening in the body. Um, this is probably the biggest transition, right? So you will see at 12, girls will start to pull back from you. And I call this the ach phase. It's like, ach, what do you want? Ugh, what now? Like, it's just this, like all of a sudden you're in their way and you're bothering them. And it's like, what? And it, you're like, what happened to my child? This child who used to want to crawl on my lap and tell me things and share things with me is now pushing back and wanting to be alone and closing the door. There's a phase during um, adolescence or pre-adolescence, uh, well, both actually, where the child uh, inverts, they kind of pull inward. They don't want to be seen. Suddenly when you're outside, it's embarrassing. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. There's teenagers in there. I'm not going in there. There's suddenly this awareness of you're embarrassing. Don't, don't make a joke. Don't laugh. Don't wear that. Like they, they get all weird. Like, you know, what are you doing? Um, and, and it's this sort of a stage where they feel like there's a, a spotlight on them and that everyone's judging them and everyone's watching them. And it, it spikes anxiety spikes here as well. And to cope with that, they pull inward. A lot of parents misinterpret this and think they're being a brat. They don't love me. I'm losing them. By the way, this often coincides with getting their first phone, which is also part of it. That will accelerate it tremendously, actually, when they get the phone. They'll want to be on the phone all the time, and you'll sort of lose them for a little bit. So again, conversational mirroring, a little bit of baby play, sending them cute pictures and baby pictures and structuring the day so that they have to be part of things, watching a movie together, playing board games going out with you as a family, there'll be a lot of resistance and push at first. And then once they're out, they'll be okay. They'll be fine. And when they do get embarrassed, it's so tempting to want to be funny and embarrass them more, but try really hard, especially with girls at this stage to tone it down a little bit. If they're, if they're having a spike in anxiety and just really respect that they're feeling like they're standing on a stage with a spotlight and millions of people watching them. So the other kind of tidbits to tidy up here that you're going to see is usually around the age of 11 with girls, you'll see a few things happening. They'll either be obsessed with wanting a bra and I better have pads, even though they're nowhere near um, getting their period and they just sort of become obsessed with it. And parents all often tend to do the thing. Don't be silly. There's nothing there yet. You've got lots of time, but it, it but it's actually, they're sort of practicing and pretending and, and really getting excited about uh, growing up and growing into their bodies, which some kids actually have a really hard time with and they don't 
want their bodies to develop and they feel like they don't even belong in their bodies when that happens. So it's really important to, you know, don't go overboard and buy them a bunch of bras, but you know, little simple sports bras and things like that, like indulge it a little bit and don't make a big deal out of it. Um, and if you want have some pads on hand or whatever, even though they don't need it, there's sort of practicing and exploring and just make sure there's no shame here that you talk about how exciting it is to grow up and all of these changes in your body. And even though they may be excited about it, they'll be, they'll be conflicting. They'll be experiencing some conflicting emotions about it. Also at this age, kids tend to um, develop at very different stages. So you'll have some girls who look you know, like they're 16, you'll have other kids who look like they're eight. Um, and depending where your daughter falls on that scale, she'll be comparing herself to others. This is often a time too, although this can happen much younger where they start being very aware of their bodies. I have a, I have a tummy, I don't like my tummy, I'm getting fat, which is a whole other issue, which we address at Connected Parenting. Um, but again, just not making a big deal out of it, encouraging your child to pay attention to their own integrity and their guidance system and loving your body and being happy with whatever body you're in. Also uh, really important at the stage to be careful how you talk about your own bodies in front of your daughters because they're really watching, especially at this age. Um, not unusual at 11. I call this the My Little Pony stage, but I don't even know if buying little ponies a thing, but it was a few years ago where they want to go back and they want to watch shows and programs that they watched when they were very little. Boys will do this too at this age. You will often see a regression. Sometimes you'll see some baby talk uh, that can often alarm parents, but it's usually just a stage. And if you just kind of up the baby play, you know, rubbing noses and tickling them and you're 11, but you'll always be my baby and just kind of going with it. A lot of what I teach at Connect Parenting is just what I call steer into the skid, do the exact opposite of what you think. And then they'll, again, move right through that phase. The other one, this happens in grade seven, grade eight for girls. You will often see um, an, an increased fascination with makeup, foundation, eyeshadow, um, often moms will find their makeup has been tampered with at this point. Um, and when they're a little bit older, they actually cake on the makeup and they haven't figured out yet how to be subtle and they're really kind of going for it. And so there's often a stage where, and parents get quite alarmed in this stage, what's going on, what's happening to my child. Do they, do they not have any self-respect? Why are they wearing so much makeup? And, um, this is again, a very delicate issue. You don't want to shame them. You don't want to embarrass them. Um, you know, you want to kind of talk to them about what it feels like to explore makeup. And it's such a rite of passage to be old enough to be thinking about it, even though they're usually a little young when they start thinking about it. Um, and again, this usually is a phase. It usually just goes away. <laughs> they stop doing it. And half the time with these phases, if you just sort of love them through it and take this beautiful sort of neutral, almost, um, amusement and detachment from it, they'll get through it so much faster without a whole bunch of battles. Although there are times when kids are choosing clothes or they're choosing makeup that you really want to say, listen, I love you. If you want to wear this around the house or when you have a friend over, that's fine, but we're not going out to dinner like that. And remember always to mirror first. You want to really protect their feelings and their emotions at this point. This is a very general overview. I have lots of podcasts that go deeper into all of these issues. I just wanted to give people a kind of a roadmap. Um, of what's ahead. And, and because I've been doing this so long, I've been doing this 30 years, I've watched so many thousands of kids literally grow up. And in, in addition to my own kids, um, I just see these patterns over and over and over again. And I feel like it's so helpful for parents um, to not panic when some of these um, issues come up and these certain behaviors spike. Uh, so for boys, the stage that they go through is more, it's closer to 13 or 14. 
And I call that, and, oh, and by the way, for girls, that sort of uh, stage lasts, is, is quite intense between 12 and about 15. They start coming out of it at the end of 15 and 16. For boys, I call it the caveman stage. So at 14, pretty much they're full in. And this is like, how are you today? Ooh, they don't even have a sentence. There's not even words. Like everything is a bother. Um, sometimes they don't even want to shower. They, you know, hormones are kicking in, so they really need to shower. Um, you know, they, they, there's pushing back, but there's also just this apathy. They don't want to call their friends sometimes, or they only want to be with their friends. They want to absorb deeply into video games. They start caring much, much less about school. Um, and I've been doing this a long time. And I want parents to know that most of the time, if not all of the time, if you don't lose it during this phase, they will pop out about 16 and a half, 17, and it gets better as you go. Uh, this caveman stage is not fun. <laughs> it really isn't, but it is temporary. You have not lost your child forever. They're just retreating the same way we talked about girls turning inward. So lots of connection, baby play if possible, telling them stories about when they're little, uh, keeping a very neutral energy. So when either your 12-year-old girl or your 14-year-old boy come towards you, you're like, oh my God, there you are. I'm so glad to see you. That's too much. That's actually too much. Just bring it down. And it's like, nice to see you. Oh, so glad you're here. Like just a very nice, neutral, calm energy will help. They will get through it. It is temporary. Um, the next big stage I can predict for you is um, you start to see it in grade 11, but also grade 12 senior year. I call it the grade 12 meltdown. So what often happens is right around the fall of senior year, when applications are going in and college and universities becoming real, um, in those moments, there will be a tremendous amount of anxiety. You will often hear things like, I'm not going to go to college and I'm just going to get a job and I'm not going to do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to be homeless. I can't, there's a, there's a pulling back often because there's, you know, again, this is a very big stage. They're leaving childhood and teenage years and they're moving into being adults. So that usually comes with a lot of angst. Once those applications are done, then things kind of calm down for the second half of that year. Usually things are much calmer at that point. And then around April or May, they start to be very aware that they are either leaving and going off to university or they're, you know, moving out of childhood for sure and, and, and uh, going on a gap year or whatever they're doing. Um, but in order to separate from you, and this is the ugly part, in order to separate from you, they kind of have to hate you. So there's a lot of, I can't wait to get out of this place and I'm going to be living on my own where you can't nag me and you can't tell me what to do. And you're going to feel heartbroken in some ways. And you're going to think I've done everything for this child. How is this, how is this happening? How is this the end of childhood? Why is it ending this way? It's so normal. They kind of have to be angry enough to leave. Um, you know, again, trying to stay really neutral, trying to put it in this behavioral um, developmental context will help. You know, trying not to react too much to it, repairing when you do. Uh, this usually lasts till about the middle of the summer. And then it usually shifts to, I love you. You've been great parents and I can't believe this. And then they get a little bit nervous before going off to college. And then that's a whole other podcast. But I just wanted people to have this sense of these waves that you'll see in childhood and things will crest. 
and then things will settle down and then they'll crest and then they'll settle down. And sort of keeping that meta awareness of this isn't forever. This is just a stage. How my child is behaving in this moment is, does not mean this is who they are forever. And this is how they're going to be. Don't you know? resist that urge to sort of feel like your child's life is flashing before your eyes. There's so much that children have to work through in childhood. They're practicing life. They're practicing being adults. They're practicing with you. So again, staying as neutral as you can, using the calm technique and mirroring as medicine, very, very important. Uh, keeping that kind of almost baby play, tickling, you know, baby pictures, that's also medicine. And keeping that meta-awareness that this is not who they are in this moment, this is what they are in this moment. And it's what's quite normal for being eight or four or 12, you know, it's much more complicated than this, but having a general sense of these waves, I think can be really, really helpful on this incredible journey of parenthood. So I forget to go back and listen to earlier episodes. If you need a, you know, a recap on the, the mirroring technique and the calm technique, uh, don't forget, we also have lots of resources at connectedparenting.com. We've got a team of amazing therapists that can help people one-on-one we have our courses, we've got a video course, we have a video course with actual coaching support with me, where you get to interact with me in, directly and with each other. We've got families from all over the world, it's incredible. Uh, don't forget my other podcast, uh, Mental Health Comedy with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Caleri, where we interview well-known celebrities and comedians and entertainers about their mental health and fill that up with strategies, lots of laughter, lots of fun. So we just want to make sure we have as many resources as possible for everyone to help you on this parenting journey. And we'll see you next time.